0: And so as I was preparing for, for this morning, God really brought me uh, to vacation Bible school. And, and so I thought as a pastor, what better way to reinforce with parents than to share the same stories, to share the same verses on Sunday morning that the kids spent the last two days learning. And that way we're all kind of looking at the same thing. And so uh, Pastor Tara, when she did vacation Bible school like we do most of the time, we have a memory verse, Right. And so she had a particular memory verse, it was in Philippians chapter 2, and I believe she focused on uh, on verses, uh, don't go ahead and get there, you're getting ahead of me, Irene, uh, verses 14 through 16. And as I read those verses, and, and, and she had a, a particular emphasis she was going to, uh, and we'll get to that this morning, there was a part of those verses that stood out to me. Uh, there was a part that just, I don't know, for whatever reason, uh, Most of you know our story. It was about eight and a half years ago now. uh, Almost nine that we would have come to preach at the church for the very first time. Um, But when we moved out to to western Nebraska. And um, if I get a little teary-eyed, I'm sorry because I don't have my Jeep anymore. We all know that I had a Jeep when I moved here. My Jeep Wrangler. And I had it since it was new anyway. Um, I can recall when we moved here, there was something about driving at night. And I would have the top off of my Jeep. And I became so compelled by the sky. Um, You know, we lived where we lived in Kentucky. Uh, We were literally two miles from Cincinnati, Ohio. And I was amazed. I thought I knew what the sky looked like, but I had no idea about the stars. And there was something about the stars that really captivated me. I mean, to be very candid, there would be times I was driving back and forth to Shadron, and I had to remind myself that I couldn't look up right now, I had to look forward. Because of the stars. I mean, it, there's something about how bright. I mean, when our family comes to visit. Yeah, we do uh, Rushmore. We do Toadstool. We do the fort. We do those things that you do. But I also make them go outside and just look up at the sky. Because there's not the light That there is in the city, and you can see so much more. There's something about the stars that just really drew me or draws me, whatever you want to say. And so, in that verse, uh, you can pull that up now, Miss Irene. Uh, It says, Then you will shine like stars in the sky. We're in a season of outreach. We talked about Sabbath and getting rest and ready for outreach last week. And then this week where, where, where we're going is, man, I want that to be our outreach. That as we reach out, as we're demonstrating God's love, as we're doing things, as we're, we're trying to show love in the community, if the effect of our outreach can be that we shine like stars in the sky. I'd be content. I'd be happy. I'd say that was successful if that can be the result of what we're doing. If that can be the place that we come to in our outreach. To shine like stars in heaven or in the sky. So the questions that, that I ask is if that's the product, because we see the very first word that I, that I decided to put there was then, correct? Oftentimes we have what are called if and then statements. If this happens, then this this is the, the result. And so we're looking at the result right now of some verses in Scripture. That we're looking at the result of, of what, what Paul was teaching the church in Philippi, and he says, you know, there's some if stuff, and we'll get to the if stuff, and then there's a result, which is shining like stars. And so if I want to shine like stars, I have to see what's going on? What's happening to allow this to come about? So we're going to be in the book of Philippians chapter two, and I want to read the verses that come before this and see what God teaches us about this product of shining like stars in the sky. Father, I come to you this morning and I thank you that we're here. I thank you for all of us who are gathered today. I pray for us in this place, God, that that our minds and our hearts, our eyes and our ears, they would be yielded to you. God, that we would hear from your very spirit this morning. Help us as we look at your word, illuminate your word before our very eyes. God, let it be seared into our hearts that we can remember, that we can, that we can see the product, God, that you've promised. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians chapter 2. Verses 1 through 5, and I'm going to read a little bit more. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus. And then I jump down to verse twelve. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you to will And to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault. In a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. As you hold firmly to the word of life. God begins to give us some direction. In this in this understanding of of the product, I mean, there was a whole lot of that as you hold firmly to the word of life. There was a whole lot of that that we read, but they were all conditions. They were all building up to the result, which was shining like stars in the sky, in, in the midst of what he called as a, a crooked and perverse, or, 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 or uh, we read depraved and and, and and wicked. This is the generation that we're we're living, and, and so in the midst of that, that we would shine like stars. There would be something beautiful. There would be something compelling about our lives, about the way we live that distracts Pastor Steve when he's driving down the highway. There'd be something about us shining so bright in the midst of this, this generation in which we're living, in the midst of, of the place that we're living, that, 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 that we would be different. So what did he say? What was all leading up to this? I noticed in in verse 5 of what I read in in Philippians chapter 2, it said, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. Man, talk about, let's just set the bar way up here. I and mean, that's not just coming short, let's just say way up here. Have the same mindset, the same mentality, have the same mindset as, as that of Jesus Christ. And then we see the results. And, and so what I want to talk about, in order for us to shine like stars, I believe we're going to have to work on our mindset. We're going to have to work on, on us. And that it's going to have to become more and more of a reflection or, or imitation of who Jesus Christ is. So then the question becomes, if you set the bar high, you better give me some steps to get there. I'm not an athlete, so if you set the bar real high, I'm not going to get to it unless you give me a ladder. Then I'll climb up. So hopefully this morning we can look at a few steps that Paul gave us to allow us to change our mindset. What I'm going to talk about today uh, is a little bit of an, an alignment. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're driving your car and... And it keeps going off the side of the road. And you need to get the wheels aligned because it always wants to pull this way. You know, that that, that direction thing, I, I believe that in order for us to develop this mindset, it's going to take some realignment of us i 'm going to have to adjust some things to make sure that everything 's moving the way it 's supposed to go, and so, so paul we 're going to look really closely at at those last verses we read that came right before that in, first, in Philippians chapter twelve or chapter two verses twelve uh, through fifteen and, and see, I believe Paul gives us three things that we really need to be checking three ways, three alignments that we can be be doing. For ourself. Verse 12. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. The very first alignment that we need. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to do what? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. If I'm going to share the same mindset as Jesus Christ, if I'm going to imitate what it said in verse 4, I believe, his humility, if I'm going to be living in humility, I need to do an alignment check when it comes to my spirit. He said, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And, and this isn't in my notes, and I'm probably going to get to them, but he worked up, but, but in some ways, that doesn't reflect what we typically see in church. I mean, salvation happens and it's done, right? We say the prayer, we believe and we're done. But Paul is saying, work it out with fear and trembling. Like, there's something to our spiritual self that we have to continue to exercise. We have to continue to align. Paul talks about He talks about a thorn in in his side, how he wrestles and and he has weaknesses. All of us, we we need aligning at times. Spiritually, it's pretty easy to start getting a little bit off course. And so, so Paul, he, he says, make sure that you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does that look like? Well, sometimes we just did communion this morning and that song was perfect for communion. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves about our salvation. Sometimes we have to stop and think. We have to pause and reflect. We have to remember what Jesus Christ did. Paul, in in Philippians chapter 2, the verses that I skipped, I'm going to read them now. If you're worried about, what what did I miss? Verse 6, talking about Jesus. Who, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. Sometimes we lose sight of what we mean when we say Jesus Christ is Lord. I mean, how many of you deal with lords? That's not a terminology that's very familiar with us. And so... So what Paul does is he takes them to the place and he talks about who Jesus Christ was and and how he, even being equal to God, laid that aside and and took on this human nature and and brings us to that place that Jesus Christ is Lord. What does lordship mean? If someone's the Lord over you, what do they have? Huh? Authority, power? Power? They are absolute authority too, right? We talked about this a little bit. I mean, it's Independence Day. We were saved from the king, right? Or the queen or whoever. I mean? We don't have to be under that where someone rules over us with absolute authority. But the reality is the lordship of Jesus Christ means that he is in control. My kids. Oh man, I, Love, Pastor Terry. You, you, you do a memory verse on arguing and complaining. Makes Pastor Steve happy because of my kids, you know. All week long, all weekend. I mean, it comes up several times. Avery yesterday was trying to climb in the back of my truck. Don't climb in the back of my truck. I'm not climbing in it. I'm climbing on it. I said, get off my truck. Lordship is, when he says it, he means it, and we can't argue our way out of it. We submit. He's our Lord. So we submit ourselves. So when he says we do it, we have to align our spirit. With his spirit. So that we're following what he's told us to do. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So the first thing Paul said, I'm talking about alignment today. The first thing he says he, he's really talking about aligning our spirit, our salvation, our our, our 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 spiritual person. But then he goes on in verse thirteen, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. Where does God work? Huh? Where He works in you to do what? To fulfill what? His good purpose. Where does God work? He works in you, right? That's not just a corporate whatever. That's for you this morning. God works in you. Why is God working in you? To fulfill a good purpose. Not just any purpose, but a good purpose. Sometimes we have to tell our minds that God is doing something good in us. Sometimes we need to realign our minds. We can convince ourselves that God isn't doing anything. We can say, uh, we can tell ourselves why God isn't moving. We can, we can tell ourselves all the reasons that it's not working. We, can, we all know our limitations better than our spouses do, right? No, maybe not. But we know our limitations better than most people do. And so many times it's our minds the reasons that we're not shining like stars is because our mind is not aligned with God's plan. He just said that he's working in you. God just said that he's doing a work inside of you. Why? For a very good purpose. A fulfillment. He's fulfilling his good purpose through you, in you. Then we can convince ourselves otherwise so quickly. Ephesians chapter 2, just to reiterate this, says we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'm telling you this morning, we have to remind our minds, we have to align our minds with God's will. God's will is is that he's doing good work in you and through you, that he's got a great purpose for you, that, that, that he's going to fulfill his good purpose in you. But so many times we eliminate ourselves from the equation. God's got plans. God is working. But we eliminate ourselves because of where our mind is at. We know what our failures are. We know what our shortcomings are. And we say God could never use anyone like me, right? I mean, we see it in the scripture. The same thing happens. Moses can't use me. I stutter. People won't follow me. They don't like me constantly people trying to say, God, you can't use me. But we have to remind ourselves he's Lord. I've worked out. I've aligned my spirit with him. So now my mind should come in line that if God can forgive me, what more can he do with me? If God can make me a new creation in Christ Jesus, why do I limit what he can do with me now that I'm a new creation? Yet that old Steve probably could never come close. But who I am now, who I am today, who God has made me, and maybe it's not just me, but it's God in me, that's allowing me to accomplish the very good work that He's doing through me. Bringing it not just to pass but to fulfillment. I love that word. That purpose that God has in your life, He promises to bring it to fulfillment. He's going to fulfill His good purpose in you. We have to align our minds. We have to align our spirits. We have to align our minds. And then we're just going to go to the next verse. This is the one that everyone loves. Verse 14. says, do everything without grumbling and arguing or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. We've aligned our spirits. We've aligned our minds. Now we've got to align our mouths. We've got to align our tongues. I'm telling you, probably one of the, the most challenging things as believers that we face, one of the most, one of the most difficult disciplines for, for, for a lot of us. James talks about it. I mean, he talks about the tongue a lot. If you can control the tongue, it's like the rudder. You can control the whole ship. I mean, he says that. Our tongues. He says, do everything what? Without grumbling or arguing. Uh, Pastor Terry and hers it said complaining or arguing, but either way, there's something about us, and God has seen this all through creation. He's watched this time and, and time again. My kids, we read the Bible together on on the iPad because it's technology, and they've got stories through the app, and uh, we've got guys that we call the Grumble Grumbles. That's who they are. Because every time, it's the Pharisees in the New Testament. Every time in there, you can click on the pictures and they interact with you. And every time you click on the Pharisees, they just go rumble, rumble, rumble. And they start talking. to So they're the grumble, grumbles. But I want to talk to the grumble, grumbles this morning. Because maybe it's not just the Pharisees. Because I see in Scripture, it didn't just happen then. But, it, but it's happened time and time again with God's people. The, the Israelites. We've, we've talked quite a bit about the Israelites. But... But I want to come back to them. Remember who they were? God's people, right? They had been in slavery in Egypt. God called Moses. Moses said, I'm not qualified. He had a line in his mind. Um, But he said, I'm not qualified, I can't. But he brought them out of Egypt. But they had a problem. They had a complaining problem. They had a grumbling problem. It didn't seem to matter what God had done; they always seemed to grumble. How can I say it? Well, let's just look. Numbers chapter eleven. I'm going to go through a bunch of these. Now the people complained about their hardship in hearing of the Lord when they heard, or when He heard them, His anger was aroused, and then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. Numbers chapter eleven. Just a few verses later. The rabble with them began to crave other foods. Again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat. Remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. And also the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. Numbers, or, or, or verse 10 of that same chapter, Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tent. The Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. Chapter 12, we just go to the next chapter. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he'd married a Cushite. Grumbling and complaining, arguing uh, and, and, and coming against. We went into the land which you sent us, it says in verse, in verse 27. We went to the land you sent us. It does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruit. Remember, they sent the spies in to see what the land where God was, was bringing them to. They went and they saw and they had to admit it does flow with milk and honey. But then what do they do? But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. I mean, they got to a place. God was doing something. He was working in them. And they became so consumed by the grumbles and complaints. They spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. And all the people we saw are of great size. Numbers chapter 14, just keep going. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness... Numbers chapter 14 verse 27. How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. They complained and grumbled so much, that's what they became known as. How long will these people grumble against me? They're just the grumbling Israelites. What happens? I've got kids. I know how it works, right? I'm telling you, grumbling is com- contagious. When one kid's hungry, they're all hungry. When one kid's bored, they're all bored. When one kid's tired, no, they're not. Uh, well, well. <laughs> but you notice that with people? Someone in the sanctuary this morning might say, Man, it is freezing cold in here today. I'm going to say, Look at my forehead. And you tell a person, to sit next to you, and all of a sudden, yeah, they're freezing cold too. And, and and it's grumbling, it's so contagious. Look at the Israelites, they came back, and, and, and every time, one person, you know, God sent them manna. Remember? They were hungry, so what did God do? He said, go out in the morning, he said, there'll be manna on the ground, get enough to eat for the day. Every day he's providing that. You know what they did? They got tired of the manna because they wanted meat. So they complained because they didn't have meat. So what did God do? He threw a bunch of birds in their lap, is what God did. They ate till they were sick, basically. is what He did. And then that wasn't enough. And then they started to wonder why and where, and, and God led them to the where they could see the promised land. Think about that. They could see the promised land. They went in, they looked, and they, they talks about guys reading it in, in numbers and, and, and in Exodus, they're carrying grapes. Like two guys carrying a bunch of grapes. I mean, it's just a land and they say it's flowing with milk and honey. It's a land of abundance and prosperity. But they saw what? An obstacle. And the obstacle kept them from accepting or or, or, or receiving the promise that God had. One person. Three guys. You're the spies. They, they, well, there were ten of them, whatever. There were twelve spies, but two of them said good report. So there were probably ten that had bad reports. that. that That ten people grumbling affected the entire community, right? All, it says, of the Israelites began wailing. All of them started to complain, grumbling and and, and complaining, arguing. What happens when our lips, when our tongue, when our mouth isn't in line with what God has? All of a sudden, I tell you, that is not shining like stars. Right? I mean, people love to hear other people complain, right? People want to be a part of. They can't wait to be in a group that's just going to complain all the time and, and, and pick apart part They can't wait to be, with, be surrounded by, by a bunch of people who, excuse my terminology, like to pick each other's scabs. They like to just, they like fester in their gross. They love to be there, right? I mean, that is shining like stars. I get it. Sometimes... We're all very independent thinkers and sometimes uh, we all expect things to go a certain way and sometimes things don't go the way that we're expecting. But our response to those situations, sometimes it just takes a little bit of alignment of our tongues. Why? Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may become blameless and your children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation, then you will shine like stars in the sky. Align your your spirit. Align your mind. Align your, your mouth, your actions, that which is coming from you. And then You will shine like stars among them. If Casey drives the truck on Wednesday, at some point he's going to drive too fast for you, and at some point he's going to drive too slow for you. At some point in the outreach, the water bottles aren't going to be done fast enough, or someone's going to throw a bag back on the truck that's going to get you wet and wake you up, and... At some point you're going to offer a water-to-bottle to someone and they're going to say, no, thank you. At some point, pastor's probably going to tell you something you don't like. At some point, things aren't going to go the way that you expect, but your response to that, whether it's in outreach or whether it's on a Sunday morning or whether it's, you know, uh, wherever we might be, without complaining and, and, and grumbling, without arguing and whatever, if we can control us, Suddenly we shine like stars. The differences, the discouragement, the grumbles, the grumble, grumbles, whatever you want to say, they don't stand out. But what stands out is a body that that's functioning in unity. It's functioning well with one another. We're working together to accomplish that kingdom purpose that God has called us to do. The kids church. Let's go back to kids church. I talked about, these are the stories that Pastor Tara shared in, in, in BBS, And this is the verse that she had. But their memory verse, they just finished, it said this. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that really what Paul's saying? Isn't that the same formula that Paul's giving to shine like stars? Love the Lord with what? With all your heart. With all your soul, align yourself with all your mind, with all your strength, with your words, with your actions. Suddenly, when we're motivated by love, when love is what's coming from us, when we've aligned ourselves with His love, that's what communion's about, right? Is this not the greatest demonstration of love that we've seen? That, that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us? We align ourselves with that love. We remind ourselves that God doesn't see me as what I was, but He sees me as how He's making me. He sees me as as a, as a masterpiece. He said we're His workmanship. He's proud of how He made you. He's proud of who you are. He's proud of what you're going to accomplish. He's excited to see His good purpose for filled in you. I align myself in God's love. How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us. That's in 1 John chapter 3 verse 1, I believe, that we should be called children of God and that's who we are. He's lavished His love on you. I align myself with His love. Then suddenly what comes from me? It's not the grumbles. A good man brings good out of the good stored up in his heart. and evil Man brings evil out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Yeah, come forward. It's all about alignment. Paul's words this morning. Do you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling? Do you need to just stop and think and, and recall what God has done? Do you, do you need to remind your, your flesh which wrestles, you wrestle with that no, you don't win, but God wins? Do you need to just think about the, the sacrifice, the, the promise? Do you need to receive the forgiveness that He's provided for you to align yourself with With his purpose. And he said, I've got that, Pastor. I feel pretty good about that. feel pretty confident in that. Then what's going on in your mind today? Who's Lord of your mind? Who's Lord of your thoughts? Who's really telling you or limiting you? He said, what's... In your mind, is it those things that you've said? Or is it the very plans that God has, has spoken to you? That very good purpose. Maybe you say, Pastor, I don't know what good purpose. Maybe God can speak that purpose into your life this morning. Maybe you can hear from Him. And He'll say, this is the, the very good purpose that I'm, I'm calling you to do. Maybe you've known. Maybe you were aware. or You're just not living in that. God wants to fulfill in you. God wants to work in you that very good purpose. He said, "I've got that, checked. All right, how's your tongue? How are your words? Boy, that litmus test. I don't like that verse. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How's your heart look this morning? I can't see it. Well, look at your words. Maybe you just need to tweet, maybe you need to do a U turn. Maybe you say, this job is a complete rebuild. I don't know. But I want to shine like stars.
1: I want to shine
0: like stars. I want to be, I mean, just a a demonstration of, of the all incredible awesomeness of God. That my life, that our lives, that together we can reflect, that together we can demonstrate the power of God in such a way that, that people become consumed with just the beauty of it, the, 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 the struckness of, of what they're, they're looking at, the, the, the just incredibleness of, of what God is doing that can only be reflected by Him in us. I want to shine like stars. Father, we come to you this morning and for everyone in this room, I pray for us all. God, I ask that each of us, as these words, as we look at the words in the the book of Philippians, that you brought us to a place, God, that we recognize maybe just a little bit of of adjustment needed to happen, whether it's with our salvation, whether it's with our spirit, or whether it's with our trust of you, God. Our minds maybe need to just be reminded of who you are and how great you are. Or our tongues, our lives, the outward product, the, the fruit, the, the, the strength of whatever it is that we need to do, God. That, that outwardly we reflect what you've done inwardly in us and well. That our mouths are, are wellsprings of, of life. That, that your love is flowing freely from us and through us. God, we we submit ourselves to you this morning. And God, we ask you to work. We ask you to adjust. We ask you to, to, to tweak, to align, to mold, to move. All of me, God, my whole being, my heart, my mind, my soul, much strange, God. Let it be in line with your love. Let that good purpose be fulfilled in me. This morning, as, as they just lead us in this course, I encourage you to talk to Jesus, talk to Pastor if you need someone to talk to. Uh, But just allow yourself to be aligned by Him. To shine like stars in the sky. The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May He turn His face toward you and grant you His peace. And may you align yourself in such a way that you shine like a star in the sky.